grab me a beer and grab him a coke. We bout to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon says, here, bitch, your ex drink your buddy. Brandon says, here, bitch, your ex drink your buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the show, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was my favorite thing to hang out with friends, talk shit, talk shop, get fucked up on drugs and booze and reminisce about the good old days. I am sober now, but that is still one of my favorite things to do. Most weeks I will be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. All the way from Australia via New York City, Julian Brainy. What's up, man? How you doing? Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Having a good time. Didn't know if I should jump in then. I was like, I think that's an intro. I'll go. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely an intro. So tell everybody, because I always forget this, but promote everything up front. Promote uh, Instagram, shows coming up. Hell yeah, that whole thing. All right. So my Instagram is Julian Brainy. It's pronounced, it's pronounced Brainy, but spelled like Brahenny. Yes. Uh, I've been doing a lot of shows recently, but the main one, uh, Hell Yeah, I co-produce with two people who have been on the show, yes. Billy Hockman, Cody Lewis, and uh, a third who hasn't been on, but Jimmy Ong. Uh, and that's a really fun show. We do it usually every two weeks. Uh, and then it was in Brooklyn, but we just moved to Chelsea. Okay. Uh, our next show will be Jan 6th. January 6th. I'm on saying. that show. Really? Yes. Ah, nice. I haven't looked. Uh, that's the insurrection uh, anniversary. So Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, excited. it is. I was like, is it? What happened in Australia? You're like, is it? You were there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no idea what to, I wasn't There was no <laughs> What? You were there You know Come on Look at you um, Alright awesome Yeah the Hell Yeah Comedy Show uh, Yeah Billy booked me on that It's funny Because the, the mic that you hosted last week I ate a huge dick at Or the week before So it's funny Because I was like oh, I might bring up that I'm on the show And then I wanted to see your reaction If you were like Wait what? You? You're on the show? No, I definitely <laughs> wasn't. I don't do any of the booking because I'm new here, so I don't know people. Okay. Um, and then usually like when this show's like locked in. So if this was a normal week, I would have already seen the list and been like, yep, I know. Yeah. I'm always taken off guard because like he's going to know that I don't do the booking. <laughs> and I'm a hack. I also don't judge at mics because I was like, God, like especially that mic. No one was really. Well, and that's the weird thing. So. When I first moved to New York, and I think I was telling you this, but Mike's in Florida, and I know the listeners have heard this a million times, but Mike's in Florida are like shows because there's such a scarcity of real comedy that we do weekly mics, and there's not a ton of them like in New York where there's like 10 a day. There's only like four or five a week in Jacksonville. So we have regulars come out just to watch the show. Like some of the open mics have been voted like best comedy show in Jacksonville versus the comedy club that we have. And then I got up here and I was like, oh, this is all just comics. So then I had this weird quandary where it was like, do I bring bring the noise? Like, do I try like bits that I know work and like that I've worked on and like good stuff to try and prove like, hey, I belong. Or do I do what I should do at an open mic, which is try new material. So lately I've been trying new material and then I bomb. And the only person I care about is like the host. And I'm like, listen, like it's really not that bad. <laughs> I promise. No, I, I totally get that. And I didn't even, even have the experience you had where you got to be somewhere where open mics were good. I yeah, started you came, here. Okay, so you started in New York. Yeah, I, my first show was at Brooklyn at Eastville. I don't know if you've done yeah, that. Yeah, well, no, I've never done it, but I've, I've heard a lot about it. And, and we've, we have New York comics on who've talked about it before, yeah. too. It's like a huge room. And I think I did fine, but it's like, yeah, you, you learn quick that it's like, 
terrifying and they don't laugh and you feel shit. And then I did my first ever show and everyone laughed at jokes. I got nothing and open mic. That's, yeah, and we've talked about that before. I did. So my very f- first week here, my friend Joe Kimmel was doing uh, some shows at Broadway and asked me to be on it. And I was like, or my first month here. And I was like, man, I haven't even done an open mic and I'm already booking shows like rock and roll, New York, here we go. And so I did a bunch of open mics to prep for that show just to make sure I, you know, I had everything. And I was like, oh, my material's not funny anymore, apparently. Apparently, this is like a Southern thing. Like, nobody gets it. And then I did the show, and I did super well. And I was like, man, fuck open mic. Like, fuck these people. Oh, man, you get so angry. I do love, after doing a few shows, you get confidence, and you get to be like, yeah, fuck them. I mean, I don't say, you don't say fuck you, because I don't no, think that's, yeah. but it's, you're just like, okay, I know what the standard is. If I get one chuckle, then I'm, I'm sitting on gold. Exactly, exactly. It, it's and- also like stuff that I'll do, which like, the co- open mics, like, that's hacky. I don't like that. It's like too simplistic. And that'll be the joke that kills at a oh, show oh yeah for sure there's i've talked about this before but my girlfriend sometimes will point certain things out she goes why don't you say this and i'm as a purist and a super pretentious asshole i'm like oh, i'm not saying that that's not saying anything and then i'll get on stage and i'll try it and it gets the biggest laugh and i'm like fuck i had that with I um guess that's the line did you uh i did I do a joke about uh, Zeus and like how people he used to have sex with people basically. Yeah, and I, I don't reveal that he's what animal he is. And at the end, I said that's you know the guy basically says like he gets caught having sex with an animal and lies, and it's like oh no, nah, that's Zeus, and like that's the origin of that story. And that was the tag. And then my girlfriend was like, man, you should say Zeus the goose because that's funny. And I was like, that's just a rhyme. That's yeah, not that's, funny. It's that's dumb. <laughs> and she's like, for like weeks she's begging me, and then I did it even at an open mic, like a, a hot open mic, but still a mic, and it killed. <laughs> And then I did it at a show and it killed. Uh, and I was like... I guess it's Zeus the Goose now. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, all right, fuck. Because I was like, it's just a rhyme. Like, people are going to attack too jokey. And yeah. It, uh, she, she still rubs that in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's um, there's some, like... Because I don't talk a lot about it, the sex on stage. And there's some, like, blatant, like, innuendos that my girlfriend has pointed out to me. And I'm like, yeah, I, I see it. But I'm not going to, like, play on that. She goes, you should try it. And I do. And, of course, it kills because sex always kills. And I'm like, fuck. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. But at the same time, it's not about, there's this weird balance between what you want to say versus your job, which is to make people laugh. So you got to kind of ride that line, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So people recognize the accent. Um, Where are you originally from? Uh, So from Melbourne. That's where I was born. I do have a- Melbourne. Melbourne. That's right. Not Melbourne. I'm I'm already going to lose it and start speaking American. My accent, that is- uh, but I actually grew up from the ages of two till thirteen in Southeast Asia. Really? Because of my dad's job. Didn't know that about you. So See? my accent. So in Australia, people are like, "Where are you from?" Oh yeah, that would make total sense because you lived somewhere else for a long time. So your accent mainly comes from your family, then being around them. Yeah, I guess so. But like my brother and sister have pretty strong Aussie accents. My dad does, and so does my mum. But I just uh, like I get like people say I'm like South African or English. Yeah. Well, or, I mean, it all comes from the same. Yeah. It's all cut from the same cloth. The same, the same colonizers, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where, did it all in the one trip. Where, um, so you said two to 14. Two to 13. Yeah. Two to 13. And then you went back to Australia? Yeah. I, I had like two one year layovers in between Asian places. So like third grade. And where like, in Southeast Asia, if you don't mind my asking? That's right. It started off in China. Okay. Then went to, uh, no, sorry, Malaysia first, then China, then Singapore, then Indonesia, then back to Australia. So your father's Genghis Khan. Yeah, pretty much. One, one of his many kids. Uh, <laughs> I used to think for a while, I was like, maybe he's a spy. Uh, and I Is he a spy? No. Uh, you wouldn't be able I to I mean, tell if he us. is, he's been like, I hope he doesn't listen to this. I doubt it. But I, 
I mean, it's not like... That, I, how fucking cool would that be if he was a spy? Yeah, I always thought so. But I, I mean, like, I, like a James Bond guy, like, I, I don't think he's... He's got a bad back. I don't think he's... Maybe it's all a ploy. Maybe. Maybe it's like... Do you ever watch Game of Thrones? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the maester who's, like, always, like, decrepit and then cuts to him like having sex with the girl and he like gets up and he's like ah, i'm good that yeah that definitely did happen with my dad uh, <laughs> let's keep it on you i don't want to get your dad in trouble uh <laughs> so go back to australia at 13 um and then that's where you finish primary school and everything yeah finished okay. uh primary, that's what it's called right yeah well primary school up into a grade we say year seven Okay. Uh, oh, and then there's middle school to nine. Now I'm getting confused. And then uh, then high school. But we don't really call it that. I guess we call it secondary school. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Because I know it's different. Because we say college, you say university. Yeah. Fucking weirdos. Uh, <laughs> but you guys say school. That confused me. You'd be like, yeah, I went to school at this place. What do you, you talk, say? We'd say, we'd say high school. Oh, no. School means like when you're like under 18. Okay. And university means, you know, what you'd call college. college. Yeah, but yeah. you say college or school as the same word sometimes. Yeah. We, yeah, we do use that intermittently. Um. So what have you always, I'm interested because you've traveled so far and you've been all around the world. What brought you to New York? Uh, I wanted to do comedy basically. Okay. And this is like, I mean, when you're in a street, you, you know, New York's one of the best places. You don't really know. I, I'm actually curious, uh, sidebar. I'm curious about that because you're from somewhere else. And I've never thought to ask. I've had a few uh, guests on that lived in other countries, grew up in other countries. Uh, and I never thought to ask, but is New York City seen by the rest of the world as what we see it here? Like when it comes to entertainment and comedy and everything, is it like, oh, you, you have to go to New York or L.A.? Yeah, definitely. Well, it's kind of weird. So they definitely think that New York is like, I mean, you know, I don't say the be best honest, in the world. Be no, honest. But they, they think it's really good. Like New York, there'd be great. Co- like you'd be excited. Someone comes back from New York. You meet someone from New York. You'd be like, that's so cool. What okay. was it like? Did you go to Broadway? Like we watch Seinfeld. You watch the shows. You, you know where the, uh, like, the streets, the rough idea. It's, it's cool. It's like an exciting place. One thing people don't know is like, like you think New York is like a clean functioning city. Uh, and that's the part that is less accurate. <laughs> so like, because Melbourne is like, actually Melbourne's one most livable city like five of the last 10 years. Melbourne's like, I know it's my hometown, but it is one of the greatest like cities I think in the world. And a lot of, in terms of like- You mean logistically? Yeah. Like logi- getting around everything? Yeah. And I think you can't compete with New York for a lot of the cultural things because there's so much here and like so much of the best, like a best art gallery, the best yeah. comedy shows, et cetera. But in terms of like just living day to day in like a good city, Melbourne is one of the best. Yeah. Um, well, and that's, I mean, case in point, coming here to your beautiful apartment, I was like, no problem. I'm going to jump on the six train. I'll be there in 20 minutes. And I got to the six train and it was not running. And I was like, what the shit? And I waited and waited and then no trains were coming, no updates. So then I went up to get a cab, took me forever to hail a cab. Then when I finally like started coming down here, traffic's crazy. And I was like, this is impossible. Like, I just want to go like 20 blocks to my friend's house. And this is taking me an hour. So to your point, it's not a functioning city. Like when one thing shuts down, the whole thing is screwed. Yeah, exactly. But you don't come here because you're like New York. That's that's where functioning happens. Yeah, that's, that's where true. Functioning's made of, and that's that's why it's like a weird contradiction. Because I think Melbourne is a great place to live. But if you want to be in stand-up comedy, if you want to be in like theater, there's great theater and great comedy in Melbourne. But I think a lot of people there would, and it's kind of a problem in Australia. Is like you get really good, then you move you to New York. Yeah, uh, like the Hemsworth brothers, obviously, and Jim Jeffries, etc. Yeah. So what uh, you said, you loved comedy, and that's why you came to New York. Have Have you always been a fan of stand-up or comedy in general, or what was your just for the listeners, what was your path to moving to New York to pursue it? 
So I've always loved comedy. I think first I really liked TV. I always okay. thought about being a TV writer, but I also always liked stand-up. I was always like you know, making jokes and giving speeches at school, things like that. I actually started from like 18. Had, I still have a document on my computer called Stand Up Brainstorm. And I just wrote jokes in it for like 10 years. And I was too much of a coward to ever get on stage. Yeah, we, we get that a lot on this show. Yeah, right. And then, but in between that, I thought, because I was, a, even though I gave like speeches and would do debating, stand up is like in some ways so much more vulnerable. It is. I tell people that all the time. It's incredibly vulnerable. And people are like, I could be funny. It's like, I don't think you know what, what it, like what it really takes to get up there and talk about some of the worst. I mean, in my case, and I know in your case, for some of your, your jokes, some of the worst moments of my life. And if you don't laugh, which is the intention, it was all for nothing. And now it's like, okay, cool. Like now you know that about me and no one thought it was funny. And now I'm just like an idiot. It's like a double-edged sword as well because they don't laugh. Like you're trying to get that balance. You're like, oh, I'm making fun of myself. Yeah. And they're like, oh. And you're like, no. That's even worse. That's the worst thing you could have done. I would, I would rather laughing than silence. And than then pity. groaning. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, and it's also vulnerable, I meant, because like when you do... um. Like I would do debating or I'd give like a speech and like you can just fall back on just Facts. people don't have to laugh or do anything. They yeah. can just be silent. A silent audience is a good audience. And I did my first couple of show, first couple of mics and I did it like a debate where I like didn't really engage the audience. I just did was my this speech. in Australia or this was is here? Oh, yeah. Because you said you started here. Okay, and it yeah. did badly. No, so I should go to the uh, what was it? My journey. Uh, yeah. So over those years, I, I took like writing classes. I did uh, script writing in 2018. I getting to New York is very tough because you need a visa. Oh, yeah. I didn't. Think and you that. can't. Um, I was like, yeah, it's tough. I came from Florida. You're like, yeah, fuck you. It's a lot harder coming from across the world. Well, especially in comedy and things when it's like what you want to do is like work at a restaurant. You know, you want to work at somewhere flexible where yeah. you can then do a bunch of stuff and, and you know. I tell people all the time, that's why I stayed in the service industry because for the amount of money we make versus the hours we're required to work, I mean, other than the holiday season, I could take off a week and nobody notices. Exactly. It's so hard to do that. I mean, before we all started working remotely, you could not do that in an office. Just be like, Hey, I'm going to go on tour, but I got to come back because it's not like a real tour. It's like something I put together. So I'm going to need to come back. If you did that in an office, they'd be like, no, you're not. Yeah. Like, right. You used all your paid time off. Like you're staying. Yeah. You, you, oh, you're fired or you're this. Yeah. So you need, <laughs> you're fired. Uh, so I came in 2018 just to see what was better. New York, or LA. I did a okay. three week di film directing course in LA. It's actually Do you fun. need a visa to come for that? Or is that like a vacation kind of thing? Depends how white the country you're from is. Okay. Uh, no, but like, no. I mean, that's uh, honestly. Yeah. The, uh, so Australia and a few others have a 90-day visa waiver where you can come 90 days, no questions asked. Okay. I, and I say that because I think other people there are questions asked. So it's very even I who's saying it's hard to get a visa. I have one of the easiest paths. Yeah. Like somewhere like India has a really tough pass path. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, but so I I came over and did that. Just did those two those th two things to study. Uh, the directing course was funny. I got there and it was basically a directing course for children. I didn't realize <laughs> I was like 27. And I signed up and everyone in my class was like 18 or 19. Yeah. Like couldn't even, couldn't even drink. Uh, and God. I was like, all right. And uh, this is in LA? Yeah. But I still had fun, but I realized I didn't like LA. And I did a 10 week, I actually did an NYU course. Where were you staying in LA? Burbank. Okay. I'm not saying, I mean, I don't know LA. But I no, also, no, no, no. But I was just, I was curious because LA, unlike New York, LA County is massive. Yeah. So people go, oh, LA. And it's like, well, it takes two and a half hours to get from like the top to the bottom of just like LA County. I remember we took a trip out there when I was like 18 and it's like, oh, we're going to L.A. We're going to California. Like, I'm going to check it out. And we stayed in like Anaheim. So to do anything in L.A., it was like an hour and a half. And I was like, this is not what I pictured. 
Yeah, it's so not fun. And then you come to New York yeah. and it's like anywhere you're in New York is so easy. Like there's a bar everywhere. Or there's a place to hang. There's so much as mics, there's shows. Like it's, it's super easy if you don't know anyone. Yeah. Something like that. What course did you take at NYU? So it's just like a summer writing thing. It was like I didn't actually get any degree because I only had 10 weeks no, to do yeah, it. But, but I did like three writing ones. I did late night comedy writing. I did writing for TV. And I think the last one was just uh, screenwriting. Okay. Uh, and that, so that at that point, I was like, oh, I want to do political comedy. That's really fun. So I put a lot of effort into that and like write like, you know, wrote a whole bunch of stuff and kind of worked on some things. But throughout it all, I've always liked the idea of stand up. Mm -hmm. And then you went back to Australia and that's when you made the decision. All right, I'm going to New York. That's when I basically get mentally in my head. But it takes so long because you need to get a job in New York before you get the visa. So yeah. I'm on a working visa here, not for comedy, obviously, for an actual job that pays me. Yeah. Uh, at least currently. And um, you and you have to get that job without stepping foot in New York. God. Like, and you are technical, like what everyone else does. I'm like so risk adverse. What everyone else does is they do a 90 day work, a visa waiver. Find the, find the job and then. And then go back. But the yeah. problem is if you get caught and they're like, it's, I love telling this to Americans because they don't realize it as much, but the customs people here are very mean to non-Americans. <laughs> and because you're not technically an, a citizen, you're not, you have no rights basically. You're when not, you're not at the technically, you are not a citizen. Yeah. No, I mean, but more than that, you're not even like, they can do whatever they want. So they'll take your phone and just look through all your messages. They'll get your computer out. Oh, yeah, because you don't have anything. You don't have a leg to stand on. No, they'll just be like, all oh, get back on the plane. And so if they see that you've been emailing someone about a job interview, or if you've been looking for jobs, and like most of the time they don't check your computer. But if you've done like four or five of these trips in a row trying to get a job, it looks suspicious. And oh, I thought it was like a one-time thing, like a birthright kind of thing. Well, people will try again if they don't get one. I knew a girl, though, she got, they went through her phone. How many, like, after how many times? I think it was third time. Yeah, fuck, of course. Yeah. But they went through it and um, they found that she was a painter and she sold a painting like to, on Instagram to someone and that counted as work. No, which she wasn't allowed to do. She really? Five-year ban from the US. Oh, man. So the point is I was very much like, I'm going to get this job. Oh, because it's a non-working visa. Exactly. That's why. I was like, why? what's the big deal anyway? But it, you literally sign up being like, I'm not going to work. Yeah, but I was more like, I mean... So I'm super nervous. Like even when I do open mic hosting and people will pay me cash, I'll just give that straight to Billy because that, all that money goes to our show. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I don't even want any association with any money. I'm just like, I can't be paid a cent. Oh, oh wow. sorry, this is a bit. I'm because I'm on a working visa, but only for one job. Yeah. So that's the other thing is it has to be that job. So when did uh, when did you actually get the visa and get here? I got here, uh, I arrived here a week before Cuomo shut the city down. Okay. So timing. Life is all about timing. I, we were supposed to move. We were supposed to sign our lease April 1st of 2020. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, you know how brokers are in New York. It was like March 13th or 15th or something. And they're like, you can sign your lease electronically. They're like, go ahead. Just sign it. Because they just wanted the broker fee. They're like, just sign it. Just sign it. <laughs> it's go, cool. It's just, cool. Just sign it. And then luckily, I had had, or unluckily, I had had a couple friends come up here sight unseen. And they had horror stories about the apartment. So I was like. Babe, we're not signing anything until we're standing in the living room. Like, you're out of your mind. Some of the stories I've heard from other comics in Florida who just signed a lease online and then got up here and it was like a flooded basement. So I was like, we're not signing anything. And thank God we did that because then the next week, both our jobs called and was like, your transfer's off. We're shut down. And I was like, oh, my God, we dodged a huge bullet because to get here, like what it, you worked. You worked via your computer this whole time, correct? Yes, I am. Um, I was working. With, I got here and then didn't meet any of my co. For the first six months, I just worked from uh, from uh, an apartment, which I, and I signed at March. It wasn't terrible, but I was paying like 
normal rates. Yeah. And like you pay for a good you pay for a good location, which I got, which became irrelevant yeah. immediately. Oh yeah, that's true because you where you live you live in Soho, which is like one of the best areas in New York. But like you said, it, it didn't matter because you couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. So I got here and I was like, I'm going to get an apartment right next to my work, which is in Soho. And like, I'll be living in a sick place. and I'll be right next to work. And then I was in like a shoebox. So close to clubs. Yeah. And then all irrelevant. And I was paying max price for zero benefit. God. Uh, but it all worked out. I mean, yeah. you got you got a sick place now and you're everything's open. Yeah. So. Uh, no, you're right. Uh, no, I, I was actually very happy because Australia was also locked down. So like. You're having a bad Your time anyway. lockdown over there was intense. Wasn't like the governor or the mayor or whatever, the, the king or queen or whatever you call them, <laughs> weren't they like executing people in the streets? Uh, pretty much. No, they, they were giving Maybe like, that was New Zealand. Somebody, one of those, but I, I mean, I'm half joking, but one of them was like real serious. Oh, like, yeah, it was a $2,000 fine. That's okay. If And they would check your, if they caught you in your car, they'd check your, you were allowed to leave your house to go shopping, but you couldn't go more than three miles from your home because that was like, what are you doing? Yeah. There's going to be a supermarket within three miles. I mean, if, if you were in the rural area, it was different. But uh, they'll check your ID and be like, where do you live? Why are you here? You don't have a reason. $2,000 fine. Wow. And But I'll tell you what, people... Uh, you got we, over it quick. Well, they there was a six-month period where it was shit in New York and Australia was completely open because they just had, they had COVID zero for about six months. Literally not oh, a wow. single person. But they shut down the airports and they still, in two years, aren't letting foreigners in. So are you allowed to go back? I'm allowed to go back as of recently, and they just changed the rules, so I no longer have to do a two-week mandatory. Oh yeah, that was a thing quarantine. too. Yeah, I had a friend who had a, a trip planned to Paris, um, and it just you know you plan these things years in advance, and then it coincided with everything that was going on. But he was like, I've, "It's already all paid. Like I can't. I'm going. Like I already took the time off from work. I'm going." And he was there for three weeks. So he had to spend the first 10 days in his hotel. Like he wasn't allowed to leave the hotel. And then he had like three or four days where he was like he could go outside. But then he had to be back in and quarantine for like five days before he left for the airport. And I was like, do you I mean, do you have to like who's checking? He's like, oh, no, no, no. You have to you have to because if they catch you out, you won't be able to fly back. And I was like, that's insane. But yeah, well, I don't know about. Where was you said France? He um Australia was like it, like the army were there like you literally couldn't oh my leave. God. like the army escorted you to um to a participating hotel and the windows were all locked you couldn't like, so people did check oh yeah you couldn't leave so in that case people did check you uh that was not an honor system that was they were like these fucking Australians have no honor we're gonna <laughs> and what's funny is the vibe changed right because like uh I had a friend who did go back and he did the two weeks and his friends were kind of like kind of icy towards him. Because they were in a place where there was zero COVID. And then like every now and then a tourist would slip through and have like an 18-day long infection period and then get out and then reinfect and then have a lockdown again. Yeah. So they kind of hated people coming in. And even him, a friend, they were like, bro, like, just, why'd you come back? God. Like it became a real like messed up anyway. Damn, that's crazy. <clears throat> we're getting into that political political side that you like so much. Yeah, right. Well, and, yeah, I turned off that a bit because I realized I don't want to say anything political and get fucking like... You make a political joke, half the room claps, half think you're a piece of shit. Yep. Or you just pander and be like, how about the troops? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, Love the troops. Yeah, that doesn't work. People in Australia are like, troops? We don't. <laughs> There's like much less like here. Like I'm, I'm, start, I'm, my fear is that I'll go on a plane and have to give up my seat for something. And I'll be like, oh, in my defense, I'm not American. <laughs> He's not. Come on. This isn't fair. But. Uh, Oh man, that's great. When uh, so you get here, lockdowns happening and everything. 
were you discouraged as far as comedy? Were you like, I fucking chose the wrong path? But like mentally, what were you going through? Because that's got to be, you're literally across the world. You came to follow, chase this dream, and then it's just over. Yeah, so a few things were annoying. One was like my whole thing and my ment- I was like, I want to do my first open mic before my 30th birthday. Yeah. Which immediately became impossible. Yeah. But actually, I was like, I was stoked. I'm a big believer in like, I may not be at my dream, but I'm better than I was yesterday. And like, I was in New York. I've been trying to get here for two years. I did so much stuff to get here. Uh, I was like closer to my dream I'd ever been. All I could think was, I hope my work doesn't fire me. Because from their perspective, I arrived. And then they lost like all their work. Yeah. Because like, it's an advertising agency, but like a lot of our clients dealt in industries that were massively affected by COVID. So we had like 90% of our clients be like, we can't pay you for the next year. No, I mean, not exactly that, but we had but like- I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. They, they were, were just, just like, well, we, we're not going to spend money on advertising right now. Uh, and then so I was like, just to my boss, whatever you need, <laughs> like I'll do it. I was like teaching myself like web dev and this, and I was being as indispensable as I could be. Yeah. And like, like any industry, you know, we lose, lost staff and miraculously I managed to stick around. All I could think was like, I don't want to get sent home. Uh, cause I was so lucky to get here in the first place. So to answer your question, I was optimistic. Okay. See, and that's awesome because we had, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we had Amanda Lundy on and she was in New York. She was pursuing comedy and she, same kind of thing, like chasing her dream. And she booked a couple produce shows. Um, she didn't book them. She was booked on a couple produce shows at the cellar, which is like, boom, that's it. That's stand up. Like given you're not a paid regular at the cellar, but still you're on that stage and the first show went awesome. The second show is, was in the middle of March. Everyone, it was like half full. And then like the next week, everything got shut down. She stopped doing her podcast comedy was gone and she was just kind of like, well, I guess I'm just a server in New York now. Like, I guess that's what's happening. And so I'm, you know, we talked about it and she's like definitely getting back into stand up, and like, she's back on the wagon back, you know, pursuing it. But it's one of those things where there's one of two ways to go. There's the, I guess it's over mentality. Or there's like you said, like, no, I'm here. Like you have no fucking idea what I did to get here. I'm not going anywhere. Like you're going to have to drag me out of here. Kicking and screaming. No, that's exactly right. It's like, please let me stay. But that's like, yeah, getting to the cellar, that's that's the mecca. Doing that twice in a row, like that would be emotionally brutal to be yeah, so well, and on that's the, the cusp. thing. And then just to be like, never mind, we're all done. It's over. Pack it in. And you're like, wait, what? Comedy's done. Yeah, and it, it was up here. I mean, I talk about it all the time, but in Florida, we were only shut down as far as the restaurant I worked in. We were only shut down for like six weeks. And that, because I don't know if you know this, but COVID doesn't exist in the South. I was going to say, you went back to uh, mouth spitting parties. Yeah. <laughs> but then um, COVID, we were shut down for like six weeks, maybe two, maybe two months. I'm just going to say that just so I don't get in any sort of trouble. And then uh, my restaurant opened back up. And then shortly after, we started doing comedy again. And it was like, okay, we're back. Like, I got COVID doing a show in Georgia. Oh, wow. Like, it was the first time people, and this was in December. So literally it was like, what, four or five months after everything happened and people were like, finally, we can get out of the house. Meanwhile, up in the Northeast, people were locked down for 18 months. Right. Just kind of like, all right. It was funny because like stuff was opening up and you could do things in like weird ways. And then for like six months, whenever I went to a show as an audience member, the comic would always be like, isn't this exciting? We're all out for the first time. They still do that. Yeah. And I'm like, have I not been... I've been out, man. Is this not cool? Is this, have I, have I been breaking the rules? Is the army going to come to my house? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so you are from Australia. Um, I wanted to ask you, obviously, premise of the show, X Drinking Buddy. We're going to get into some drinking stories, some party stories, but what's the legal drinking age in Australia? It's 18. Okay. 
And were you a big drinker back home? Were you like a like a fucking oi 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 Aussie Aussie Aussie? I was definitely a late starter. I was like real anti-establishment initially when I came back to Australia. Okay. And like the norm was like so if you, the drinking whatever the drinking age is, you start a bit before then, obviously. Yeah. So people like around fifteen or fourteen people would first maybe start going to parties where like there might be alcohol. And I was super against it. I was like, I just didn't do it. And I, I skateboarded a lot. Yeah. And I would like wake straight up straight edge. Straight edge, right? I'll just like wake up early and like skate all day. And I was a bit like anti-drinking. I remember one time a friend of mine like smoked weed. Me and my buddy were like, that's not cool, man. There you go. Uh, Get some. Yeah. And it's, you know when you're in high school and you're like, you think that no one does drugs? Like they, they kind of explain it to you. They're like, only like criminals do cocaine. Yeah. I've talked about it on here. The first time I ever saw cocaine, I was in college. And I had that same mentality because I never wanted to drink because I saw like how people acted like around me when they got drunk. And, you know certain people in my life would be very aggressive and stuff. And I was like, I never want to do that. Like I never want to drink. Like I see what it does to people. I'm not going to do that. I would play video games. I'd sit in my room. And then as I got older, I got into sports and stuff and I just, I wasn't very popular. So I never had the opportunity to like go to parties and drink. And I, I will never forget the first time I saw cocaine, I was in college and I was like, you can just, have cocaine like you can it's just there it's like right there like i can it's to your point i was like you only see this kind of shit in movies like or like people in prison talk about like doing cocaine and i was just in a dorm room with like regular college girls and they just had it and i was like this is crazy you know this is because at school it's like say no to drugs and all this i was more impressed when it's like oh like doctors and lawyers do cocaine I was like, no, it's degenerates. And they were like, no, they can't afford cocaine. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's wealthy people who do cocaine and success. And I was like, okay, this is not what I was told. Yeah, that you think all the time. Because I see it now in my current job. It's a nice restaurant. So we get, you know, highfalutin people come in there. Let's just say that. Um, and, you know, sometimes I'll be waiting on a table and people at the table will take like 19 trips to the bathroom. And I'm like. All right, no wonder you're ordering like two thousand dollar bottles of wine. Like you guys are, you guys are ready to go. You're partying. You're gearing up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a funny. This is a very quick side story. But when I was doing a bringer to show before, and they said like there was a bathroom in there that the comics could sort of use, but it was sort of not meant for us. And like, um, and I think their fear was people would go in there and do a bunch of coke. Yeah. Uh, and then randomly these two girls walked in, clearly doing coke. They weren't <laughs> comics. And then this blind woman rocks up. And she's getting led by a helper and she needs, she's going to that bathroom because it's the only uh, disabled bathroom that she can use. Yeah. But there's two people doing coke in there <laughs> and they start banging on the door because they're like, no one's supposed to be in there. Yeah. And they're banging and these girls don't know what's happening and they do that for another five minutes and then they open the door, these two like terribly uh, entitled looking like 25 year old blonde girls yeah. and they see that they've been keeping a blind woman waiting. Uh, while there's two helpers like helping her, yeah, and they just they have this look of like, oh, this is the worst case scenario. This is, no one would have guessed in a million years, like, oh, there's a blind woman outside trying to use the bathroom, and everyone just looked at him like, you look like the biggest piece. You of are shit. pieces of shit. God, Coke will make you do crazy things. Yeah. Take it from me. Um, so you have this attitude because you have quite a few stories on here. So I know that attitude didn't last forever. The straight edge mentality of like yeah. say no to drugs, drinking. You guys are losers. So what changed? What happened? I just like slowly got into it. Okay, like, so was it wasn't working. like a big event or like oh my god, this is terrible. I need a drink. You just kind of eased into it. Yeah, I mean definitely like a psychological perspective. I was like more shy then, and you yeah. have to talk to girls, and I could never talk to girls. That was a big thing for me. And very quickly, it was like I would have to be drunk 
to talk yep. to girls and I would have these it's not on it's not a big story but I'd just be one of my friends tells me when I was like 17 I first started drinking and maybe more 18 someone came up to me and was like hey that girl likes you and I was with my buddy and I go oh no <laughs> like she was attractive I was interested and he's like why it's like well now I have to get drunk yeah because and it's very it's an immature attitude but one I definitely had oh know, that was me all the way I swore up and down I would never drink you know it's terrible it's poison da 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 and then the first time I ever got like hammered, my because I have bad anxiety and depression and everything. And the first time I got hammered, all that kind of melted away. And I wasn't nervous around people. I was having a good time. And I was like, this is like a potion, like a magic elixir. Like you're telling me I drink this and now all of a sudden I can talk to people and have a good time. And I'm not constantly in my head and worried about everything. Like give me as much of this as you have, please. And that's kind of how I got into it. It was the same kind of thing where it was like, Oh, if I drink this, I'm more sociable and I wanted to be more sociable. So then I just kind of like same kind of, I guess I'm getting drunk then. And it was a blast. Yeah. hundred percent. I just felt like I was a cooler guy. Yep. And the next day, like if you kind of, your memory's a bit loose, people would afterwards be like, man, that was like, people would like recognize me like, Oh, remember you at that party? You were yeah, crazy. that was the best. And it just, I was like, Oh, it's such a confidence booster. And it was like, that was definitely a huge part of it. Especially if like you have to dance or something. Yeah. I'm like, well, I got a drink. Uh, and that's like, um, that's definitely the origins of it. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Cause there's a lot of stuff now that I've had to reteach myself being sober and it's hard. Like I go to weddings sometimes, uh, with Savannah and, her friends are always like, come on, come dance. And in my head, it's like, I don't, because you constantly being sober now, I constantly have that fear in the front of my head. Like you better, you better make them laugh. Cause if you can't make them laugh, then what do you like? You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not a good dancer. I know I'm not a good dancer. So it's like, well, I'll be the funny dancer. And it's like, if I go out there and start dancing and no one's like, yeah, I'm just like, then what do you like? I, I get so anxious and like, so in my own head. And it's like, you know, what would be really nice right now. Some booze. Some Seriously. booze would be great. <laughs> but yeah, totally. It's in your own head. You think everyone's judging you and they're probably not. And you're like, I need to like, yeah, dancing is like a big. God, I didn't like, even I think gotta, about dancing. I hate that shit, man. I Fuck that. I also think because I'm tall. Like if I dance bad, it's evident. Like, yeah. People, like, yeah, I'm you're gangly. Guy, yeah. If you're like a you small dude. long Thor hair. <laughs> yeah, right. Everyone's like, that guy's dancing poorly. <laughs> There's like other bad dancers nearby. They're like kind of Then sneaky. they hear you talking. And they're like, why is Hemsworth dancing so badly? <laughs> yeah. Chris Hemsworth is a trash dancer. <laughs> Page six. Uh, well, let's get into some of these. Uh, I don't really know which one to get into first. I actually, I'm going to save the Canada one for last because that one feels like uh, that one feels like a big one. Which one was that? Is that the Canada? That one. Oh uh, yeah. Well, that one I don't remember much of. That was more of an. I, I, I can build to that. Okay, we'll build to that. Let's do. Let's start from the beginning then. The twenty-two Guinnesses in a day you had written down. Now, for everyone listening, you know we always have the guests bring a list, and I've been getting more and more about just bullet points because I don't want to know the story before I hear it. So I just have twenty-two Guinnesses in a day written down here. Yes. Yeah, so Tell that, me about that day. All right. So I should build into it by saying I then went into uh, after high school when I drank a bit. Then college is different. Everyone goes to university. Well, you don't have to, but I, that's what you do. But if you it's live free on, over there, right? It's close to free. Yeah. Okay. Um, but if you live on campus, you can do college, and it's a much smaller percentage, much more tight knit community. So I went to college, and that's when I started drinking more and doing all these events. And there was a bar right next to the college called Pugs Mahones, and they had a deal: if you drank a hundred pints of Guinness over any amount of period, but you're only in college for like two years for the live-in portion. Okay. Um, 
you um you get your name embroidered on the wall. Like this huge thing of all the names of everyone who drank That's 100 pints cool. of Guinness. And I was like, at the time, you're like, drink like this. This is a time when you're really like putting your alcohol bottles on the wall. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're like, look how much I drink. So I was like, yeah. So me and my buddy, we're doing that. And <laughs> <laughs> what? I uh, you say that I just laughed because I uh, kept every bottle of Sailor Jerry that I had in college um, for like a year. And it was excessive. This is when my alcoholism got really bad. And they were handles. And I literally had a closet. Like, my closet was full of them. And a friend of mine took a picture of it and sent it, like, emailed it to Sailor Jerry. Like, oh, nice. So they sent me, like, a care package with, like, <laughs> all sorts of, like, gear. But it was just funny because you're like, yeah, you put them on the, the wall. And you're like, look how much I drink. It's like, yeah, they'll actually send you free stuff if you drink enough of it. I should do that. Uh, no, and I still am fine with that. But, like, I had to stop because everyone's like, that's not cool anymore. Yeah. And I was like, all right, fine. Uh, but uh, so super excited. Me and a buddy, Angus, would, uh, we went all, all the time to this bar, even for, like, a quiet Guinness. And I also didn't love Guinness at yeah, the time. Yeah, it's thick, man. And it was okay. But he beat me, right? And we were, like, subtly competitive. And you have a little card that you swipe, and you know how much you on, but we wouldn't necessarily tell each other. Yeah. And then one day, he's like, yeah, I'm about to get to 100. And I was on, like, 75 at the time. I was like, fuck, we're well, good for you. So I went with them, and when you do your hundredth, like they do a big song for you, and you're like you pour your last oh, tunes. Oh come on! And it's really cool. And I, but I was supportive. I was like, great. But I was like, I still want to do something special. Yeah. So I was like, for my last, what I want to, I'm going to do all 25. I've ruined the thing, but I'm going to do 25 pints, my remaining, in one day. Yeah, and that's that'll what be I my big finish. When you said I was at 75, I wanted to be like, you were at 78. You mean? Yeah, right. Because so I want you to get there. I I wanted it bad too, and I like organized this whole event. I I love organizing like events and drinking events and game events. And I got there at 11 a.m. and I made a Facebook group back when that's what you all did. A Facebook event. And I was like arranging different things. I love Facebook how you say groups. you all. Like you're not the one who did it. <laughs> you all. No, I mean like we all used to do like now like I make a Facebook event and everyone's like I'm not on Facebook anymore. Yeah. It's or like 30 people will be like, yeah, I'm totally going to be there. And one person shows up and you're like, ah, fuck you guys. Yeah. That, you're like, that's a reasonable ratio for Facebook. 30 to so, one. Yeah. Uh, and then so all these friends walked up at different times. And I was going pretty well at first. I was so like, you start at 11. Let's give the whole thing. So well, I can't <laughs> My memory's shaky on it, but I was doing like one every 45 minutes. Okay. And you, it's right next to where you're living on campus? Yeah. Maybe like a, a mile walk or half a mile. I'm trying to convert in my head very quickly between kilometers. You could do kilometers? Where? Uh, I think it was like a K. All right. And, um, so, yeah, about half a mile. Yeah. And uh, we, um, I'm going okay. And then I get to like 15. And I should mention, this is like gross, but it's like, you just shit a lot when you have guinness. yeah because guinness is yeah that's definitely uh that's like a coffee kind of thing it's like as soon as it hits your lips you're like i gotta go to the bathroom and i'm like yeah so i'm like running to the bathroom they're like you throwing up i'm like nope worse is throwing up cheating uh i mean it's not like that doesn't dq you because like it was cult. people were doing but it's it anyway still like an honor thing it's yeah like, yeah I mean, you would be honest about it but you're like all right and um so i got to 15 and then i'm like, what I'm time like is that. this and this you is like every 4 p.m okay maybe it was i was doing more than maybe i was doing like 30 minutes trying to get like a quick start then I don't really remember. My friends took Jump me Jump out in front. <laughs> trying, to, trying to get the then pace after that. Yeah, we all play Mario Kart. I got you. Yeah, right. I'm getting, <clears throat> I'm getting green shells up front. And then uh, I got taken back. I remember bits of it. And I was so mad. I was like, I've blown it. And Wait, then, what do you mean you got taken back? As in my, uh, I basically passed out. Oh, okay. And then my friends like helped me get, I walked back with their assistance. Uh, and then um, Angus, the guy who had beaten me, he wakes me up at 7 p.m. Okay, so a, we're still in the day. With a large... Big Mac meal. Okay. Uh, and he's like, let's do this. I believe in you. We're going to yeah. go. Yeah. Angus, coming off the top rope. And it's like huge resurgence. So I, uh, I head back. Rally. Here we and go. Like, and then people text like, Julian's going back. He's going to try and do it. And I'm, I'm swiping my card. I'm going again and again. And then it gets to like 
midnight. It closes at one, and I've had twenty two, and I'm I, I kind of like did a few quickly, so like I know it's gonna hit me soon, and then I uh, I go to get my twenty third, and the person scans the card and goes, hold on, you had twenty two today, and I was like, ah. Yeah, and then they point to the other staff and they're like, yeah, he had a whole bunch. And they're like, yeah, we can't serve you. Oh, really? And I was like, I need to get to 25. If I have one every half hour, when at one, I'll be out of here. And then they all talk and they refuse to serve me. Oh, my God, no! I was so... Sh- I mean, it's probably smart. I was pretty gone, but then I... Um, no, but still, like, you were... This is... Oh, my gosh, this is so frustrating. I thought you were going to say you passed out or threw up or they had to drag you home and you were blacked out. They literally... You were cognizant enough to go up there and be like, I, I need three more. I need three more. And they were like, no, you're done. Australia's a lot stricter. <laughs> like they shouldn't have, like having, having 22 would be like, they'd lose their license just for that. Uh, but I'm sorry, it's not a super fun ending to that story. Except no, that that's... I then got crazy. Then I like blacked out and I was just running around. Oh, like blacking in and out. And then I was just like a terror. Like I was ne- never, I'm luckily never like a mean drunk, but I'm like a playful giant yeah. man. And they were like chasing me, trying to get back in the bed. And they were like, Oh, so like, you, this is what you get home and now you're just running around? Yeah. And then they like pinned me on the oval and they dragged me around and I was just running. And then I, they put me in a bathroom stall. It's a game. It's a chasing game. Yeah. I thought it was so fun. And then um, they were getting really frustrated. And no matter what they do, I kept like escaping. And then finally, my friend Craig just goes, you're really annoying us. We want you to go to bed. And I was like, oh, I'm, I didn't. I thought we were having fun. God. And then I just like just that went to hits, bed. That hits me real close to home. Yeah. You're like, I'm a... I, I'm always the guy because I'm a playful drunk too. I'm very rarely a mean drunk. I'm normally like the yeah we're having a great time. And then uh, once I get hammered though, I get real quiet and like I'll go sit in a corner. But that's every once in a while your friends will hit you with the truth that this is really frustrating us. You're being an idiot, and we're over it. And you're like oh oh okay, sorry. And that's like the big insecurity that. Caused you to drink in the first place. Yep, and you're like, oh no. I've gone too far. I've horseshoed around and I'm annoying again. <laughs> Almost like a boomerang. <laughs> hey, see what I did there? Uh, God, that was so hacky. No, oh. that's fine. Uh, no, but then I went there like two days later and had my yeah, three. Yeah, your final three. And I was it's not nearly as much pomp and circumstance. No, I wish I had a bit. I know I realized that that story may have seemed like it was going somewhere no, positive. No, I mean, you, you, M. Night shyamalan it, man. You, <laughs> shyamalan ding dong you We thought you were going to get there. Everyone was like, here we go. And then it was like, they cut you off. I did, to be honest with you, I did not see that coming. Neither did I. I, I was, thought I thought there was going to be... There's a whole litany of things as to why you would not be able to finish them cutting you. I thought they would be... Because, you know, in America, they would be like, fuck yeah, we're getting it. Like, they would be, like, feeding you the beer to, like, come on, you got to get there. I've been... One thing that's crazy with America is, like, you guys can do whatever you want. You yeah. really do have freedom here. And Australia's because of this drinking culture, like, they go real hard and strict on it. Uh, and, like, bars will kick you out pretty early if you start messing around. And I've been at bars here, and I, like... Like, if you pass out in a bar in Australia, it's, like, obviously instant DQ. If you even fall asleep for a bit, if you get a little bit too rowdy... Like, I've been bars here where, like, something crazy will happen, and they're just like, hey, you guys want any more drinks, or what are we doing? Yeah. I mean, I've been a part of that as someone who's worked in the service industry for as long as I have, where you'll get people, like, getting loud and getting rowdy and, like, even being rude to the staff, and it turns into this thing where it's like, well, I mean, do we really want to kick them out? Because there's a whole thing. Like, you... If you try to kick them out, but they refuse to leave, then you have to call the police and then it becomes like this big deal because you can't touch them. You can't like pick them up and throw them out unless they're like immediately endangering other people. So if they're just being assholes, it's kind of like, well, it's easier just to serve them to calm them down and get them out than it is to 
call the police. So it's it's almost like one of those like cost benefit analysis. It's like just let him have his drink and leave. Versus, I'm sure in Australia the bartenders would just be like, no, get the fuck out, or I will throw you out. And every bar's got you know a giant bouncer. Yeah. And then, but if you try and throw him out, you could break their back like Cody. <laughs> yeah. And then, hey, Kovac, that's good. Yeah, Cody told the story about faking paralyzed. <laughs> Which is such a bolt. And then you were like, I got one of those stories. Yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't think, I think that's pretty weird for two of you people to have a story in the same room. Oh my gosh, you'd think so. There are sometimes I have a, um, a story that I tell on stage about having sex with um, someone who later transitioned. And I was like, I'm the only one who has this story. I have to be. And in Jacksonville, there's two other comics with a similar story. And I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. There's a comic here with one, too. It's a good oh one. Oh, my yeah, God. I'm sorry. I don't know how, what your version is like. He's got a great tag that I love, so I'll see if it's yours. <laughs> well, we're on the subject of beer, talking about Guinness. You did write down Beer Olympics. Was this here or in Australia? I've organized some, a few versions of this, but my favorite one was the one in Australia. Okay. Well, I was going to say, most of these stories probably happen. I mean, other than the Canada one, are these all Australia? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, those are all. Oh, yeah. Okay. But the the Beer Olympics, that was just a fun day. That was, again, the college, like, there were like eight or 12 colleges on campus. So it's almost a mix between a frat and a college. I mean, not in terms of attitude, but in terms of number. Okay. Uh, so there's like 300 people at this college. You know everyone mostly by name. And then so towards the end of the semester, end of the year, I organized this Beer Olympics thing. I invited as many people as I could. We had these like squash courts, which had these like elevated seating, and I booked it out. I didn't tell them what it was for, but I guess I didn't care. Um, they didn't ask you, you yeah. didn't tell them and then it was just such a fun day at four teams of four we were team Ireland there was an American team of exchange students one of whom I was friends with all of them but one of them lives in New York or two oh, of them really? do but one of them I hang out with all the time he's actually he's on that wall of photos in the, the top ones on the far right he's the, the guy in the blue shirt right in front of me oh okay his name's Neil I see him all the time he was a loose unit as well back then okay um, but he uh, loose unit. That's, that's I love that phrase. He actually he, his nickname he goes by Goose, and it would be a uh, let's say the Goose is loose, and now we say the Goose is cooped up. Uh, I got to write that down. Loose unit. <laughs> that's a that's a common. You, uh, is that a common phrase in Australia? Yeah, oh, he's a loose unit. Tell you what, he's uh, he's a loose unit. And Here he, we just say psycho. <laughs> psycho. Just but yeah, but loose. I mean, yeah, maybe or big unit. It's been big. What is big unit? Just a, a big strong guy. Okay. Oh, he's a yeah. Oh, and, and Jeff was getting a bit rowdy, and he's a big unit. Okay. Um, this is yeah, this perfect. Also, I realize now this also has a semi-underwhelming story. I uh, Underwhelming finish because it... The, I love you gotta it. stop we, saying that. <laughs> no, but just... It, it's like an M. Night Shyamalan. So uh, we... um. There you go. It's there an you M. Night Shyamalan, which means the first one was great, and the rest are going to be garbage. <laughs> but we go... um, uh, I, we, You'd have like a best of five, one team against the other, and you, you had a round robin against everyone. You'd pull out all the drinking games. So is this like um, uh, Beer Fest? Is that... Yeah. That was was Beer Fest after? Beer Fest had come out before. So I was okay. modeling this very much. In fact, I probably called it Beer Fest to some equivalent. I only called it Beer Olympics because we had we gave every team a national flag. Yeah, okay. Um, you said you were on Ireland? Ireland, yeah. I mean, I guess my background is Irish. Okay. Uh, far enough back. I don't consider my... Well, I was going to say you're Australian, but okay. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. It we're all, tracks, we're yeah. all Irish convicts uh, if we go back far enough. And um, That's true. And there were just some <laughs> events we are... Actually, I'll tell the story. Uh, I don't know about throw Neil on the, the, under the bus here, but uh, my favorite game was you'd Throw that out, loose unit under the bus. Under, you'd pull out one of them and she'd pull out the drinking game and that's what you had to play and there were like 15 available ones and he pulled out Jug Skull, Jug being what we call a pitcher. Okay. And so you put their, your best drinker against their best drinker about who can do a pitcher the fastest. All right. All right. 
Um, so they line up, and this guy Neil is probably the best chugger, I would say sculler I've, I've ever seen. And he asked me, he goes, hey, like, how long do I have to keep it down? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, if I vomit, is the game over? And I was like, uh, well, I mean, if you vomit like an hour from now, I don't want to call it. Like, we have to call this game right now. I'm like, no. And he's like, well, what's the time limit? And he goes, uh, I... So I, he knew what was going to happen. He, I didn't realize how well he knew. I thought he was asking hypothetically. He was asking very specifically. He had very poignant questions. He goes, uh, when the jug hits the table, is that good? I'm like, sure. Like, as if it's going to be that precise. He does it in like 12 seconds. Just nails it. He's just like, because he opens his throat and then he puts it down and then empties it right back in. Oh my God. And like, it's, it hasn't touched his stomach. You could reserve this thing and it would be, it would be fine. You could serve uh. it. Really <laughs> but like, and then there's an audience watching uh, and I, he was followed the rules. He did. So did we count it? Well, I, I didn't hide, but a friend of mine was sober that day because he had to do something that night. So he was refing. And I was like, got to leave it to the ref. And Neil was like, mate, you said it. I followed the rules. Yeah. And I was like, it wasn't in the spirit of the game. And then we did a vote and the crowd all gave him the, the Roman uh, thumbs down. No. Uh, but that was just one thing I find funny. His team actually got through to the end against our team. It was like an eight-hour tournament. It's all day. And then it ends up beer pong, final game, one cup be one cup, Team Ireland versus Team USA. And then they kicked us out of the arena. No. Yeah. In fairness, that one cup had lasted 45 minutes. It was oh the end God. of the day. No one could see straight. Um, so no one won. Uh, we ended up doing a... We've done many rematches through the years. Other yeah. people have won claiming they're the victor. I'll say Team Ireland was the victor. Yeah, Team Ireland was the victor. Right? Fuck. And God, then that was actually... It? Speaking of... I ended up... I hadn't worked at a bar before. And I'd organized this event like three weeks in advance. And then a buddy of mine who worked at a bar... And I really needed a job because I was trying to go on a trip. Yeah. He... um. He was like, I got you a shift tonight, but you got to come. And I got this message that morning of beer fest. And I was like, I'm just going to do beer fest and, and go straight to work. Which, and and uh, luckily, I guess it was long enough drinking all this. So, like people didn't pay attention at a bar. I started at like 11 p.m. And that was my first shift at the place. I ended up working for like three years. Oh, really? Yeah. But so what, what happened? You just because especially when you're drinking beer and especially over that long period of time, you don't I mean, and it's beer, too. So you're not getting like you're not getting like blackout liquor drunk. So did you just go into work? Yeah, I went in and I was like kind of okay. I was tired, but uh, I had an hour break. And also, yeah, beer all day, you're kind of getting bloated. You're not like, yeah. if, you have, if you have liquor or, you know, spirits, you're kind of done. Uh, but I was, I was like, it was just a point, a choice I made. I was like, I, don't, I really wanted this job, but I was like, I cannot not go to the beer fest I've been organizing yeah, for the last three weeks. So what were you, what was the job? Were you bar backing? Uh, I was, I think I was just bussing at that point. Okay. So it's one of those things you don't have to talk to too many people anyway. No. You just kind of, on your hour break, you go take a nap. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I got you. So you said you call chugging sculling? Yeah. So you have skull sessions on here. Yeah, that's actually something I would, It's hard because you get older, it seems less relevant, but that was one of my favorite traditions of college. Okay. So we, again, the way colleges are different is you... um Every... uh all the, all the 12 colleges would play sports against each other. Okay. But it's not like your college sport where like you have to be a D1 athlete and you're like a superstar. It's all you do. It was like... As a D1 athlete... <laughs> I understand that. Were you a D1 athlete? Yes, I was. What did you play? I played football. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, what, what position? I had no, 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 no. I, uh, I, uh, I have to mention it on every podcast. It's No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, yeah, I played college football in South Florida for a small Division One school called Florida Atlantic University. Oh, awesome. But to your point, what you're talking about, every college has intramural sports, which is where like the frats are like... They play like, you know, softball or baseball or flag football against each other. It's the kids who think they're athletes, but weren't good enough to actually play for the team, they have intramurals. Yeah, so that was, it's probably one step above that in the sense that we cared enough that you would, 
for like four weeks, they'd be like, this is the four weeks of basketball. And you would train. Okay. And you'd train for AFL or rugby or whatever you did. You'd train really hard. What's and AFL? Then it, that's Australian football. Okay. Australian football league. You'd, we'd call it footy. I just changed because if you said footy here. What is this? That's what we call soccer? No. So we have soccer and then footy is a, a unique sport, which if you haven't seen, it's sort of hard to explain. Yeah, because there's some punters, I think, in the NFL that they, they're like, oh, he's an Australian footballer. Yeah. And like, I'm like, I don't know. Fuck it. But they'll like bounce the ball when they go to kick it and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. I have fucking idea what's going on. Yeah. So in footy, it's like all you do is kicking's a huge part of it. Yeah. And so like you go kick the ball in the same way Americans will like play catch. Okay. So a lot of Australians have a real natural kicking motion. That's why. Okay. That makes sense. So yeah. whenever that's on, it's on. Yeah. So the point is like you train really hard. You're waking up at 7 a.m. before classes, but it's just for four weeks. Yeah. You do like what's effectively a round robin tournament in the last week. Play all the games because there's only 12 teams, so it's pretty quick to get through a bracket. Um, and then you're done. But it's really fun because you've made like you've had a great time with like 20 or 30 friends or ha- whatever big the team is. And then you go to a skull session, which is what everyone's excited about. You, half the reason you play is to do the skull session. You all put your uniform out, you go to a pub, and you get around a table and you have like jugs of beer. Yeah. And everyone has a pot glass. A pot glass is like half a pint. I don't okay. know if you use that measurement here. No. Uh, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And um, you don't like sip your beers, you only, only skull the whole thing. So you'll go around, you'll be like, you'll start off, be like, okay, everyone skull for the season we had. And then you're you're talking about the whole jug, the whole like pitcher. No, 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 just a pot. Okay. okay. It's a glass. So everyone's, okay. So everyone's got the half pint and then you have the jug next to it and then you skull the half pint and then you refill it with the pitcher. So it's a very intense drinking session. But what I like is it's all story based. Sort of like, you know, you're talking about talking with your friends about drinking stories, just talking about the game. So then you do a round of positives and you, uh, my turn, I go, okay, one good thing someone did in the season. I'm like, Steve, you did a great job when you tackled that guy. Yeah. And then he stands up and we, everyone has a drinking song. And then we sing his drinking song. So mine, because my last Dude, name's... this sounds like so much fun. It was so good. So my song was, uh, and it's not a real song. Because so my last name's Brainy. They would sing Pinky and the Brain, 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 Brain. brain, brain and brain. then I would chug it, put it down. And then it's the next person's turn. So not everyone chugs, just the person you're celebrating. Yeah. Or you might do multiple. I'd be like, everyone has scored a goal. Boom. And then you do negatives as well. But it's meant to be funny. It's like yeah. when you tripped over, when you this... Um, and the whole time that's happening, you've got games happening. So if you drink with the left hand, obviously, like all those ones. And I would always do it because I've got big hands. I don't know what you call it here, but the one where you'd, um, you, if, you, if you can touch someone's beer with your finger. We call it uh, dangerous vessels, I think. So if your beer is too close to the edge of the table and someone calls it, they can be like, Steve, dangerous vessels. Then he can't touch his beer. You get to walk over and if you can with your finger without, you kind of lock your hand in at the edge yeah. of the table. And if your finger can touch it, they have to finish it. Okay. Um, so you're doing all those you games. You love that game. Oh, I love it. I, and I, everyone knew I was such a prick with it because I, I was always looking You'd for have it. To keep, I'd have to keep my drink in like the middle of the <laughs> yeah. table for you. And they'd be like, oh, Brainy's here. Everyone put your beers in the middle. <laughs> uh, but And you'd go around negatives, positives, and you'd keep doing that for like hours. And often on, on fun occasions, the team that you played against in the final would be at the same bar. Yeah. And, you know, you'd still be friendly and then you'd meet up and then potentially go out somewhere, like, somewhere afterwards. But really, that's what it, it's real like being with the guys kind of yeah. fun. And I really like that because I don't like the dancing stuff. I like the stories and the friends and having a laugh. See, that's my my thing, too, is that I even through college, I was definitely more like I would go out. But it was it was was way more fun to me for all all of us to, like, get together at someone's house and, like, do shots there and, like, hang out and, you know, go out. None of us really smoked. But when we were hammered, we all smoked. So we'd go outside and, like, just have a good time and, like, laugh and joke and tell stories. That's the whole premise of this podcast. And just hang out. That to me was always way more fun than going to like a crowded bar, like 
screaming at each other because you can't hear anything because the music's blaring or like going out dancing. Like I never under like I would go out sometimes with friends to clubs because they're like, oh, we're going to go meet girls and we're going to go dance. And I'm like, this is this is that like this is stupid. Like we're sweating. No one's talking to each other. You just hope you're attractive enough to where you can get behind someone. And Dane Cook has that old joke where he's like, can I just bang against you with my cock? Like you just hope that it works. But I was I would much rather be in the situation you're talking about. I always, the next day, I was like, I had so much fun. We call it pre-drinks. You say pre-gaming here, yeah. right? I, I always love pre-drinks. It was such a fun time. And like, you get drunk enough where you're like, yeah, let's do something. I want to go to the club for some reason. But like, you have that in your head. But really, in hindsight, the funnest part is always... The, yeah, the pre-game, the pre-drinks. You know, and always be like, and I, like I, there's always one guy and often me being like, let's, let's just wait. Let's not get an Uber yet. Yeah, that cab. I'm just, that guy. <laughs> let's just, no, 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 no. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be fine. Let's just keep playing beer ball. Uh, I was totally that guy where I'd be like... Uh, I would a lot of times and I've had a couple of people on guests on that I've known from the past where they're like, yeah, you used to just get hammered with us and then be like, I'm just going to stay back. And like, I would just go pass out because it's like, no, 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 no. This is this is the fun part. Like, I don't want to go out. Fuck that. Yeah, like, this I'm is just going to go to bed now. That is a nice part about I think. It's, and the thing is, it's all about girls. Yeah. Like, it, that's what it always is. It's 100 percent. That's why you're going out. And then. um and you can wrap it in anything you want, but you're like the club best hot girls. And like, yeah, the amount of times I went out for the purpose of hooking up versus the amount of times I hooked up. Yeah. Like the ratio is, it's a bad conversion rate. Yeah. It's terrible. You know, you go out a hundred times to see how you go. And like, you get, you get depressed because you were too cowardly to talk to someone. Yep. I, I never, I'm trying to think about it now on the spot, but I don't think I've ever gone out somewhere and come home with someone that I did not know. Like I've gone out and like, uh, you know, ran into someone I knew and we were, but we already had that rapport. Like I've never gone out and just basically cold called someone into like coming back like ever. And I, like I said, I played like college football. Like I was in shape. Like I looked very good back then. And I still, cause you get there and you get in your head and it's like, I'm not, I don't know these people. Like I'm not going to talk to random strangers. Yeah, like, what do I say? Uh, do you ever watch the show uh, Man Seeking Woman? No. There's just a great scene, which I've never related to more, and maybe you do as well, where, like, um, the cool guy keeps picking up with girls. And the yeah. premise of the show is, like, uh, all of these internal dialogues we have, they manifest in, like, surreal, real ways that happen, right? Yeah. So he goes, uh, the guy comes in, and his cool guy friend is, like, hooking up with, just walks out of the dance floor, suddenly he's kissing a girl, comes back, and then the nerdy guy is like, how do you do it? And it's like, it's easy, man. You know, you just, you talk to them for a bit. Then you give them the wizard eyes and then you kiss them. And then he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa what are the wizard eyes? And like, you know, the wizard eyes. Didn't you have the, the hookup wizard who appeared at your bed when you were 13 <laughs> and told you how to, and then the, the actor, uh, I forget his name, whatever. The guy with the big afro who does uh, that crazy talk show. I forget his name. Uh, not afro, whatever. He, um, he, he does the eyes and his eyes go all like hypnosis. And then the nerdy guy's like, I was never told that. And then the other guy's like, how, did you, how do you function? And that's how it feels when you go to bars and other people can just talk. Yeah. And I'm like, what are they doing? Because I go up and I'm like, how are you? Uh, or like it's a club and you have to dance and yeah, you have no idea. Or like there's no, it's too loud. And you're like, it feels like everyone else has a secret and you don't. Yeah, and that's, I, you're right. I can relate to that 100% because I've gone out sometimes. And there are sometimes when I was really bad in my alcoholism where I'd get blackout drunk at like four in the afternoon because I worked at a breakfast place. So I'd already be kind of drunk at work at like six in the morning. I'd sneak out to my car when we were slow and like drink to maintain because if I didn't, I'd start like getting real sick. And then we'd go to the bar after and we'd get out at like two or three. So we'd all go to the bar after and I'd be hammered by like five. And I remember once or twice, like the bartender would come and be like, oh, that girl at the end of the bar thinks you're cute. 
And so I'd go up and my move was, and I talk about this on stage, but my move was, I'd be like, Oh, do you want to be a vessel? Cause I always wanted kids. So I'd be like, you could be my vessel to carry my kid for like nine months. And then they would always get mad and like not want to talk to me. And I'd be like, what am I saying? That's wrong. <laughs> but I mean, it's funny now in hindsight, but like, that's how bad my game is. Like I would be blackout. I would have to be blackout drunk to talk to a stranger. And then when I would talk to them, it would be horrific shit that would come out of my mouth. And I'd be like, what do you mean? Well, that, that's, a, that's a reasonable question. Don't you want to carry my children? I don't think I'm the asshole here, okay? We're all having my vessels. <laughs> You're in the wrong. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and you're just like, yeah, you, especially the whole thing about I have to get drunk to talk to girls. Yeah. And then it's like, then you do this, and it's just such a... um. It's crazy how much of it was related to, yeah, I want to talk to girls. Well, and that's it's weird because when I... When I got like towards the end, when I was like just drinking too much and stuff, I got to the point where I didn't even care about girl. Like I didn't care about going out and meeting girl. Like I didn't care about anything. Like I just wanted to get hammered. And that's it's weird to say. But when you stop having any kind of ambition towards people that you're attracted to, uh, you know, whether it's male, female, it doesn't matter. Like but when you stop caring about even going out and hooking up anymore, that's probably should have been the biggest red flag to like, oh, something's wrong because it's like, oh, I don't even want to hook up with people. Any- like, I don't even care about that anymore because the whole reason I started drinking and like, like we talked about earlier was to get rid of that anxiety to be around people. And then it got to the point where it's like, oh, I don't even want to be around people anymore. And that's when I was like, oh, maybe this is becoming an issue. Well, yeah, it becomes like it's a means to an end. And then it's just like the end. It's yeah, just that- like. <laughs> I got it. I got a, this is all I need. This is, this is all I want. Pack of cigarettes and a handle of vodka. There we go. Um, so you said all these stories happened in Australia, but you have one that says Jersey Steve. That's an American one. That's not a long one. I just think that story is so funny. It's not super drinking focused. It's actually my friend who's very funny. I haven't seen him in years though, but he, um, I just, my whole move obviously is like, if I'm Australian, I'm going to play it up. Yeah. Cause girls are going to like that here. Part of the reason I like America is like, People are like, it's so easy for you, man. You got an accent. And I'm like, everyone has well, an you're accent. Like six when you're four and you have long blonde hair. And well, yeah, that, that definitely, I'm that not going to say hurt. I have it easy. But I'm, the accent thing, I'm like, yeah, anyone has an accent if you like leave your home. Yeah, that's like, true. You can, yeah, but uh, so I'd always play up the Australian thing. And I was at this pizza place after a late night. Um, and I'm with <laughs> a bunch of friends and they're from Jersey. And uh, I think we were, maybe we were in Jersey, maybe we were in New York. Uh, and I, things are going well and I think I might better close with one of these girls and it's like you know the part of the night where they've left the bar and then everyone's looking to do something Yeah. and they're like you're from Australia that's so hot and they're doing all this stuff and then my friend comes in and in such a good accent goes oi Jersey Steve you're still doing that thing where you pretend you're Australian <laughs> and he's like he's a great voice actor and he actually has a Jersey accent so it sounds much better and I'm like paralyzed I'm like no whoa, whoa, whoa. and they're like you're pretending you fucking dick and I'm like, no, 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 I do, I do. I have my license. He goes, oh, you got that fake license, sir? That fake oh Australian license. Oh, Jersey Steve. Jersey Steve. And then the other buddies come over and they're like, Jersey Steve, stop, stop messing around. Wow. We've got to get back to Hoboken. Uh, and I'm like, I swear to God, I'm not from Jersey. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. And like the funny thing is, and why it was such a good prank, is like there is no coming back. You can't. Nothing, no evidence I can present is going to make them accept I'm Australian and want to have sex with me. Or either of those, definitely not both. Uh, so I was scrambling and then they left and I was like... Can you do an American accent? Not really. I, I can say like one word. I had a friend called Mark and I said that very British with that soft R. Yeah. And he would like... Tr- so I got to like Mark 
There you Pan go. American. That's like well, the reason I ask is because you could almost like totally downshift and just be like, sorry, I, you know, I thought you were so attractive that I thought I had to pretend to be from Australia. If you could pull the accent off, but if you couldn't even pull the accent, you could be like, no, this is really how I talk. Imagine I try and downshift and then I don't, I mess up the American accent. Yeah. And then they're like, wait a second. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I doesn't know where he's from. I had to go on. Do you follow basketball? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, Kelly Olenek? Yeah. So, um, I actually, uh, I used to, I dye my hair, by the way. It's not naturally blonde. Oh, really? So my natural color is this color on top, which looked a bit like Kelly Olenek's hair. And I think people who aren't that tall, especially women who aren't that tall, like to them, like six, five and seven feet, like at a certain point, they're kind of similar. Yeah, it just all blends Like together. I know Kelly's seven feet and like seven feet is not six, five. Yeah. But I would have some girls think I, I said was six, Kelly. four, you're six, five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What the fuck, man? Hey, the- man, I'm six, one. If people say six foot, I'm like, yo, 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 yo. <laughs> oh, let's, let's run it back. Uh, Wait a second. <laughs> I got to feel that. And, um. Yeah, and sometimes girls would like think I was because I was I was living in Boston for a bit. I did an exchange yeah. there, and he was there for a little bit. Yeah, and uh, we Savior were, uh, Game Seven <laughs> was he? When yeah. was that? Uh, a couple years ago, I think it was in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals or maybe the game to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Boston was playing like garbage, and Kelly Olynyk had like his career game. I think I I might remember that, but I don't. He dragged them to. I mean, they ended up losing anyway, but still, it was like his game seven. It's like a big deal. Well, Kelly's a known superstar now, uh, but girls would sometimes think I was him, and I was like, that's absurd. And I, I would play it up sometimes with the intention you of have revealing. To. And then, like, I would leave the table, and they would Google it, and be like, he's not Kelly Olynyk. <laughs> Although I met Kelly twice in Boston. Did you at bars? Like, did you? Because I have a lot of stories, like. I play him up, but it's like, you know, I met a celebrity and they, they said one word to me and I'm like, oh, we're best friends now. Did you like actually no, no. meet I, him? But, and so like- I got like one photo with, so like I'd heard people like celebrities hate when you try and get a photo with them and then um, it takes forever, right? So yeah. I, I like, so I'm going to the bathroom. I asked like a, uh, my buddy, I was like, get the camera ready. So like, and I went up to him and he got out and a safe distance from the bathroom. I yeah. wasn't right outside. I go, hey, Kelly, do you mind if I get a quick photo with you? And he goes, great. So super nice, simple encounter. Uh, and then uh, great. Then he leaves and walks to his part of the bar and I leave, go sit somewhere else. And then for the next 40 minutes, people keep seeing the both of us and going, you look like Ke- you should get a photo <laughs> together. And it had been a nice and like random people are asking for it and they're taking forever to get photos. And it's like ruining Kelly's night. God. Um, and, uh, and I was like, Kelly, I'm sorry. You know, I've got your jersey. And he like didn't care. Yeah. And I wanted to be like, Kelly, not that many people have your jersey. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Like you, it's it's me and me and your immediate family. <laughs> uh, but uh, and then I think he got a bit pissed off and just left. Uh, or he maybe he went to the back to do drugs. I just, he just disappeared. <laughs> to do drugs. Kelly, I have your jersey. No, it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> right. No, I mean uh, he's also white, so I guess they get they have more jersey sales because like white kids want. They're like, oh, there's not that many good white players. Yeah, there's not that many good white players. <laughs> that is that is a fact in basketball. Um. Let's talk about uh, there's a trash fire 700 feet away from us right now. Just so you know, Citizen App wanted me to know. My favorite dumb Citizen App gag, which is probably the hackiest thing I do, is whenever it says like gas odor, then an address, I screenshot it and then I message my brother and I just re- like when we're out and I'm like, hey, are you uh, are you next? To, are you in like uh, Midtown right now? And he goes, yeah. And then I go, I thought so. And I send him that. This is gas odor. It's not a funny bit, but I love it. So whenever I ask him where he is, he's like, you're going to send me another fucking gas odor? Your brother lives here? Oh, yeah. He moved here uh, a year before I did. Oh, really? Did I he? S- 
So I came here in 2018. I came back. I was like, I'm going to move here. It's going to be so sick. Yeah. Did he um, help you like figure it all out? Yeah, he was. He was good. But the, the main part of that story is that he was at that point, not directionless, but he was just figuring out what he wanted to do. He's two years older than me. How did he get here then? Well, he had a job that was much easier. to. He's like a corporate type. Okay. And he, um, I don't, well, he worked at a consulting firm, and like, which is much bigger. So he had a huge network. So it was hard for him, but I think easier than it was for me. Yeah. I had to kind of start from scratch a little bit. But the joke is I came back. And I was like, New York's so good. I love it. I'm going to move there. And Alice was like, yeah, I'll do that right now. And so, oh, really? So I, I called him like dream thief. Because uh, I was like, that's fuck? my dream. But uh, no, it, I say that because like, he, it, I was like, New York's so fun. And he was like, I'm looking for something fun to do. I'll do it. I don't hold it against him. It was actually great. because No, he's been, but still, that's one of those things where it's like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, like, there's no real reason to be mad. But I'm like, you're a dream thief. But then he like he helped me set me up with my first apartment. He oh, that's a great cool. friendship network. Like he's been invaluable. It's been very very good having him here. Well, that's and it's just good to have a have a, a friend here. Yeah, because I don't have any of those here. Like close friends, you know what I mean? Because I came up here as just me and Savannah, and so like if we ever get into an argument or like I storm out, it's like oh I'm all alone now. Especially in New York when it's like we can't break up because like paying rent yeah, by yourself. It, yeah, breaking up is impossible. Anyway, uh, let's talk about. I want to do. I'm gonna jump into this. Uh, this Canada story. So this so is like, this uh, is well, no, I don't mean to cut you off, but th- th- this one you probably you did write the most down for it, but I I kind of want to know how why were you in Canada? What because I'm not allowed in Canada, so it always interests me. What happened in Canada? Uh, no, I have two DUIs, and oh, so they're real strict on that, right? Super strict on that, like so, that specifically. Yeah, so I I'm not allowed. It, it's you can't apply for like quote-unquote forgiveness until five years after you've served everything in the states so i got off of probation in 2018 so i can't even apply for forgiveness until 2023 and then i have to like write a handwritten letter to the magistrate and pay like five thousand dollars and then i still might not be able to get in well there's all those things where they say like wait this time do this but whenever you fill out a visa or anything it's like there's a thing do you have a have you done this and if you ever tick yes on any of those bubbles you're just out like yeah I mean, it, it's tough. I'm. I don't know. Maybe I don't know how much. No, no, to go no. To but you're you're absolutely right. And then everyone's like, "Oh, just cross the border." It's like, I don't know if you guys have looked into how the IDs work nowadays, but they just scan the barcode on the back, and all your shit comes up. So it's like I'm not. It's not like the 1970s where it's just like, "Oh, you just flash your passport and walk in." It's like that's not how that works anymore. Yeah, people. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's nuts. Everyone, yeah. People are like, just go. And I'm like, that's not how that works. And that's not going to, it's hard to get forgiveness when you're like, okay, I tried to break in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if I can Come see on, me. guys. Come on, have a heart. So what were you doing? Was Were you going from Australia to Canada or were you living in New York? So I actually uh, met a bunch of cool Canadian dudes. Uh, I have some good drinking stories there. I don't know why I didn't put them in, but I, I did an exchange in Montreal when I was 21. Okay. So um, you're living in Australia and then you do an exchange yeah. in Montreal. And that was super fun. After that, I came to New York for like a month. Okay. But it was, I met these like four, um, well, I'm a whole bunch. Sorry. I lived with three people, these three awesome Canadian dudes. They're all like hockey playing lads, like big Fuck drinkers. Yeah. They had the... Um, Stereotypes. Yeah, right. Love it was so... Uh, they, they'd be like, we don't say a boot. No, I mean, they don't. But they uh, they had the... Um, sorry, the, uh, the wall, like we, we would nail all the cartons to the uh the empty beer cartons yeah and they had the whole thing they had hockey sticks everywhere like it was such Fuck a fun yeah. time it was Molson like one of, and labat blue yeah it was one of the best oh yeah right and uh the molson 10.1s jesus which, which is uh tall boys that are three be- it's like a 12 pack in your hands like you do edward 40 hands to your death um and that was like such a fun time so many fun weekends with them 
Uh, but this time is when I went, I revisited them like two years later when they'd left, finished university and were living in Toronto. So you, I'm sorry, you went up there as an exchange program that was for university. Yeah. And then, so you're up there for how long? Just four months. But this, And then you, yeah. you leave and then two years later you come back and it's like, hey guys, we're going to relive the old days. Like, here we go. Pretty much. I've done, okay. that, I've done that two or three times. I've probably been to the States in that window. And then when I come to the States, I always visit them. Yeah. Uh, but this is more a point of like the downside of the downside to drinking is like, I do like that positive side when you get like, like, you know, I have fun. I have these stories and that period of my life, that initial four months was a great example because I landed, I was Australian. I would get like blackout drunk. And the next people around campus are like, oh man, I remember you. You're that yeah. crazy Australian. People like knew me. I felt like popular and interesting. So that was the fun side. Uh, but one thing I do when I drink, which is I think the downside is like, if I go too far, I get to this term that my friend Kim coined uh, called been brainy eyed. Which is when like I just need to keep partying. Okay. And like the part there's a natural point when the night should end, you know, and it's like we've had a great time. It could be midnight, it could be three AM, it could be whenever whatever the context is. And I'd get there and everyone's going home and I'm like, I'm gonna find something else. Okay. And that's when you're chasing the night. And like that's where you could like You could end up in some pretty dicey situations. Right. And I've had a few cases where like end up in super fun random situations. Yeah. Uh, and then like I guess I've and I've had a night I won't go into the whole story, but I passed out in Boston and woke up without my wallet or my uh ah, I was actually I was, like, I was in my Olenic jersey. Uh, I passed out without I woke up without my phone. So there's like They I'm, probably thought you were Kelly Olenic. <laughs> of course like, he passed out in his own jersey. <laughs> they were like this guy's got <laughs> yeah, this is Son classic Olenic. Classic Let's take his fucking wallet. Classic Kelly. <laughs> Uh, and Who then, wears uh, their own jersey around town? I did wear his jersey. People would be like, is that Olenek? I'm like, he definitely doesn't wear his jersey. You say that, but I have some bowl game jerseys that I will wear that have my name on the back. I think if you're, yeah, maybe. That's <laughs> true. And you're like, so people know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that guy. Uh, but then it says one time, well, like the, I'd been out to like 3 a.m. with these guys in Toronto, and Toronto shuts down pretty early. How far is uh, Toronto from Montreal? Um, sorry, they all moved. So at this point, they're okay. all living in Toronto. You're right. Okay. So um, they went to school in Montreal and now they're older. They moved to Toronto. Yeah. All they're, of them still together? All three? Uh, to, all in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Two of them. One of them just got married or both? I'm trying to forget. No, no they're both. But they all kind of stayed together like a, like a clan. They all yeah. moved together. They, okay. they lived together in an apartment and one of them lived in a different one, but they're all tight. Yeah. They're a really good group. Uh, and um, I just got to that point. And I bring this up as like, and my girlfriend recently has been informing me a lot of these things is just like as a woman she's just like you don't know how dangerous the story just told me is like you don't realize like yeah she's like half afraid for me and half like mad because she's like i could never do that yeah like but basically um i was like i'm gonna keep partying and like all the bars closed you can't do anything so i just like was waving down cars um just randomly in toronto i was i would have been like 23 and i was like no it was like people like partying and like my age and like there's certain indicators you see and i was like they're like, what are you doing, man? You from Australia? I was like, yeah. I'm like, they're like, you want to go to a party? I was like, yeah. That's why I waved fun. you down. Yeah. So I jumped in the car. Um, the only thing that I'll say. So you just wait, 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 wait. You just jumped in a stranger's car because they're like, you want to go to a party? Well, I asked them. Well, I think it's 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 <laughs> they're both bad. Yeah. If someone comes to you and goes, do you want to go to a party? That's more suspicious than me being like, I want to come to your party. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, because and they were like, uh, phrasing I guess. has a lot to do with and it. And the only thing that's somewhat only bring this up for one reason because of where we ended up is um i was white right and everyone on the car was black okay which i was like whatever that doesn't matter where they're going but then they went to a party where everyone was black and i was the only white guy kelly olenic all over again yes, and everyone's like who the fuck is this white dude <laughs> like i was just getting like not death stares but like very and i was wasted i yeah. was getting like very confused stares of people being like 
and I was like trying to talk people and like and like hit on girls, and then I felt like I was getting a vibe of like, what is this fucking white dude doing, doing at our party? Yeah, right. I suddenly felt very unwelcome, and I was wasted, and um, so I ended up leaving and managed to to get home. How did you get home? Uh, I think back then I, I cabbed. Okay, um, that's always interesting to me, and I talked about it last week too. Is these logistics of like. The the story is super interesting, but then it's like, yeah, but then there's the aftermath. Like you're hammered in a city you don't know at three in the morning in an area you have no idea where you're at. It's like how. So you just cabbed it. Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, well, I mean, truthfully, I probably don't remember. I assume I cabbed, but I've had stories like that. And you mentioned it in the Cody podcast, like that part of your brain that just switches on. And it's not something the to survival be, instinct. Yeah. To be super proud of. But it's just like, um, like I am a little proud of like, I, I mean, not, but like. 15 or how many years of drinking or like to a point and you're just like so many times or like you just wake up in your bed yep uh and i'm just like how like, and again it's, it's like you said it's not something to technically or necessarily be proud of but there's so many times where i would wake up like in that panic like <gasps> and i look around and i go okay i'm in my bed in my apartment keys wallet cell phone look out the window because you know obviously where i'm from everyone drove you look out the window cars there Go downstairs, look at the car, everything looks good, and you're like, fucking nailed it. Right? I mean, it, yeah, it's just like, um, yeah, you always, I will say, like, I, well, I mean, I was lucky because I never, I never really drove or had yeah. my license. So I never had the feel of, like, did I DUI, did I this, did I drive, and, like, is my car okay? It was always like, did I walk, did I this, did I, um, did I public transport, and, like, how did I find my keys? And it is miraculous the amount of times you get home when pe- like, people get lost sober. Yo, yeah. I have, I've talked about it now getting a lot being, I've been sober now coming up on four years and there are times even with my, like a cell phone, I'll get lost. Cause you know, in New York, you, you don't pay attention cause in the South, like I would say in the South, but anywhere else in the world where you drive, you have a charger in your car. So your phone is always being charged. You forget how much the battery will drain if you don't have that. Yeah. And for the longest time, I didn't have a portable charger for my phone. So there were so many times, not so many, there's a couple times since moving to New York where my phone would just die. And it's like the old John Mulaney joke where it's like, it's a grid system, motherfucker. Yeah. But it's still like, if you're, especially once you get past first, it's different street names. Like it's West and Houston and this and that. And you're like, I don't know where the fuck I am. So you, you can get lost as an adult sober and it's terrifying. Right. And it's just miraculous that it's like how that drunk person got home. Uh, and then you, you mix in being hammered on top of it. It's like, what? what? Yeah. And you're like, well, good for me, I guess. But yeah, I tell these stories to, to my girlfriend and she's just like, yeah, believe it or not, I can't get drunk and walk home. Uh, I mean, she could. Yeah. The one thing I like to say is... It's not advisable, but she could. <laughs> but I've had, like, girlfriends in the past... Too, like, my girlfriend's not a big drinker. But I've had exes who were... And the thing is, when they passed out, they woke up in bed. I carried them home. Yeah. Right? But if I straight up pass out, like, she's not carrying me home. Yeah, there's no way. Uh, so I wake up where I pass out. Uh, <laughs> I wake up where I pass out. God, so many good titles for this episode. <laughs> I wanted to... Um, it's interesting you say that because I had a... Uh, Hang on, I want to write this down so I don't forget it. Um, I had an ex. I'm not going to specify the time because then people could figure out who I'm talking (laughs) about. But I have an ex, not my ex-fiance, but an ex from the past where uh, she would do this fun thing where she hated drinking. So she would take pills like Xanaxes and stuff because she's like, oh, it gives you the same effect. And to what we're talking about (laughs) the next day, like... The next night, because, you know, it takes a while to kind of get your bearings and get going. 
But then I'd bring it up and I'd be like, oh, so did you, like, what'd you do last night? And she'd be like, oh, I, I don't remember. And then obviously in college, when you're like not exclusive, you have to always ask the question. And, you know, it's like, well, did you hook up with anybody? Because if we're having unprotected sex, then I need to know if you had unprotected sex with someone else. That's just a common courtesy when you're in an open thing. And so I would always ask her and she she would go, I don't I don't know. And I'd be like, well, what does that mean? Like, what? But she would. You know, sometimes overdo it with a little something, something. And then she'd be like, well, I woke up next to this guy and I was naked. So I and I'm like, that's wrong on like 19 different levels. Like, what is what are you talking about? And you're like to your girlfriend's point, it's like, okay, that I've never been in that situation where you just wake up naked in someone's bed and you're like, what's going on here? Well, I feel like when you're, when you're younger, it's like, I mean, Xanax is one way to, I've certainly like, you black out from drinking. Yeah. And it's just funny. My girlfriend doesn't, um, she drinks, she drinks, but she's like, she's never blacked out. Yeah. Right. Ah, good for her. Uh, yeah. Right. And then so explaining blacking out to her, it's, it's funny. Cause like we do normalize it too much. Yeah. Uh, That's and I'm true. like, it's funny. Cause like, and like, cause sometimes it's great. Like it was just crazy. Like I woke up at home and I woke up with this girl's bed. And like, especially now with like a better understanding of consent, where like, if you wake up like you can't be blacked out when you and consent and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then like, and I'm, and so I was like, oh, so like if you get blackout drunk, like you just don't know what happened. Like yeah. you could have been with someone else. You could have this. Like and like, I was like, yeah, that is fucked up. And, and it's totally true because uh, case in point to what we're talking about, like that's happened where people are like, yeah, I, I could have, I think maybe I don't know. And it's like, oh shit. Especially now, you bring up a great point, and it, it's fascinating because you and i are around the same age versus like me and billy because billy's you know i had billy on and he's just a baby but uh but i remember being in college and like you hear stories and you're just kind of like i don't think that's like in your head you're like that's not a that can't be okay but it was almost just accepted and now you know you fast forward 10 15 years and it's like no i i was right that's not okay like Everyone else is playing catch up, but it's like, no, 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 no. I, I was saying that back then. It was like, oh, yeah, you just get drunk sometimes and you wake up next to a random person. It's like, no, that's not how that's supposed to work. Well, like movies normalize that, right? Like yeah. the, the scene where like the camera's right on top of the bed and they're like, who are you? Who are yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, Oh, there's a condom. Um, And it's like, I, you know, it's like, obviously, the yeah, it's... um. We don't have to go down that road. No, we won't. But yeah, anyway, I don't, I don't yeah. get political. Uh, but the point is, yeah, it is weird normalizing blacking out. And to that point about me going brainy-eyed, that is definitely <laughs> going on. And like that term and me being like, that's what I, I want to get before that point. Yeah. Like I still want to drink and have fun. And like it's very hard to be smart with your moderation when like you want to get up there, but not that point. You certainly yeah, don't want to lose wanna your memory. Get, you want to get just to the line. And it's so easy to just like be having fun and be like, let's just do shots. Yeah. Uh, and it's then, the same thing in comedy. You think like, I'm going to keep pushing this because everyone's laughing. We're having a good time. I'm going to keep it. And then you cross the line and you're like, no, nah, I'm not coming back now. That's And you're like, you didn't like that one. Okay. <laughs> and that's the show. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll end on that. I hate that when you're like, okay, that's I'm getting the light. Fuck. Yeah, that's my. Yeah. Uh, all right. Because <laughs> then you get the light and you're like, I don't have enough time to pull myself out of this. So it's just like, I might as well just burn the minute and be like, all right, thank you. Good night. And then it's like, all right, cool. <laughs> But that actually worked out perfect. Uh, we will end on that. Plug perfect. everything. <laughs> plug everything one more time. All right. Uh, follow Hell Yeah underscore Comedy on Instagram, uh, and you'll see our shows. We've got one Jan six in uh, Chelsea, uh, and I think. Um, oh, I, if you find my Instagram, which is Julian Brehenny, it's pronounced Brehenny, but spelled B R E H E N Y. Uh, I also uh, co-write a Onion style satire called Computer News. 
Oh, yeah. You do yeah. do that. I saw um, that on your oh, yeah? Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to build a following now. So just judge it by the content, not the number of followers. That's There we go. God, story of my life. Uh, but thank you for having me. This is Absolutely. a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on. This was a blast. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Of course, follow me at Brennan T. Comedy, BrennanTComedy.com. Check out the Patreon if you want to get the episodes early, get access to bonus episodes. And if you subscribe to the highest tier, we will have you on your own personal episode of X Drinking Buddy. And we will talk to you all next week. <laughs>